Welcome to Life Unexpected, the podcast that explores the stories of women experiencing unplanned pregnancies. I am your host, Connie Papiani, and I'm the author of You Are Not Disqualified and the creator of an amazing nonprofit called Unexpected Ministries. We provide resources for women experiencing unplanned pregnancies, from practical resources like housing, food, and clothing, to faith-based resources like mentorship and community. You can click the link in the description for all the details. Life Unexpected Podcast is not coupled with any religion or politics, nor does it wish to support or oppose any cause. It is independent of everything outside of the stories shared here within. Our only purpose is to spread hope by sharing our stories and help other women experience the same. Life Unexpected Podcast celebrates the milestones of all listeners to be spotlighted on our next episode. Please email us via the same link in the description if you're interested. And Life Unexpected Podcast is always looking for guest speakers for future episodes. So if you're interested in sharing your story, please email us here at the same link. Our topics come directly from the chapters titled in our our host's book, You Are Not Disqualified. So you can click on the link in the description for your free copy and follow along with us. In each episode, we'll read a section. Um, of the chapter and open the episode to our speaker, followed by a brief discussion on the topic. Episodes last 30 minutes in length and are published every Tuesday. So today we're on chapter one, which is going to start on page five. We're going to read through chapters one through three, starting with you will be told. And today, I am very excited to welcome you uh, to our stage, Victoria Grace. And I'm going to pass the mic to you to introduce yourself and continue. Thank you. Thank you, Connie. Thank you so much. I am super excited to be here. My name is Victoria Grace, and I am an alignment coach and a service brand strategist. I just love helping modern pioneer women servant leaders, and emerging entrepreneurs to really understand the importance of finding their voices, to align their mind, and then go ahead and build that service-based business or ministry God's way and make sure it's just surrounded with their God-given gift and their God-given purpose. And so I am super excited to be here. We are going to go ahead and read chapter one, just the first three paragraphs. I'm super excited. And I already know that God is giving me something to say, like an experience about this entire chapter. So chapter one, shame is a lie. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who believe. You will be told many things during this season of your life. So many people are scared of things they don't know much about. Let's be prepared for it to come. Let's pray ahead of it. Criticism and judgment are on the road that is in front of you. That's a guarantee. So ask for intercession from the Holy Spirit for grace, dignity, and trust your sword and shield in this battle. Protect your baby from it all. All this takes is a decision. Job 11 and 13 tells us that if you make your mind resolute and spread your palms to him, if you throw out the sin in your hands and don't let injustice dwell in your tents, you will lift your face without blemish. You will be secure and not fear. 
The rewards of this truth are already yours, but you will not be able to feel like it until you make the decision. Start here by asking yourself if you have made your mind resolute. The promises of his peace and his victory over your situation start with your decision to try things God's way moving forward. You are surrendering complete control of the outcome to him. You must be willing to reject the the shame offered by the world to receive the truth of who you are by handing it over to love. Job says that in doing this, you will forget trouble. You'll remember it as water that flows past. It took me a long time to understand that there is never a reason to look back. The past is what it is. Anytime you look in the rearview mirror, the enemy gets a piece of your thoughts. And at this time in your life, you must protect your mind like it is your only resource to live because it is. Your thoughts are equal to air, water, food, shelter, and clothes. All can give you life or death. Reading this book, the circumstances, actions, and decisions that brought you to this moment are not critical. They are no longer your business. God will sort all of it out for your good. Let him. Your focus may stay on you and your baby's health, nothing else. If you can manage to do this, a lifespan will rise brighter than noon. Darkness will be like the morning. You will be secure for there is hope. You will look around and rest safely. You will live down what anyone scares you. Many will beg you for a favor. The eyes of the wicked will grow faint. The sight has been seen from them. Job eleven seventeen through 20. I'm going to speak to you with a bold spirit moving forward. God and I love you enough to tell you the truth and respect you enough to know you can handle it. If you want the best possible outcome in the best possible life for your child, then you cannot step forward past this page, holding on to one ounce of shame for getting pregnant. Wow. First things first, I just have to say, wow. This brought up so many emotions for me and so many past experiences, right? Because When I got pregnant, I most definitely felt shame. When I got pregnant, I most definitely felt guilty. When I got pregnant, I just had this flood of emotions and they were not for the good. And in my experience, those flood of emotions that did not, that were not good, they did not come from God. They did not come from God. They came from societal pressure. They came from family pressure. They came from the enemy, right? The enemy wants you to believe that you are supposed to be stuck, stagnant. The enemy wants you to believe that you are supposed to die in this space, right? That now you have this baby, this life on the inside of you that maybe was unexpected, right? Like he wants you to believe that you don't have and you don't have a future, And that's just not true. The fact of the matter is, for me personally, is that the future was brighter once I did exactly what the book is telling us to do. Once I took control of my thoughts, once I started to truly have the mind of Christ. And this is something that God gave me specifically, and it's called Dare to Pursue. And it's a 10-step process that he forced me to go through because he said, 
I need you to understand how important you are, how loved you are. And no matter what mistakes you made or didn't make, no matter what decisions you made, no matter how you're feeling right now, I did not give you the spirit of fear. I did not give you the spirit of paralysis. I did not give you shame and guilt. Those things come from the pits of hell. And so that is one thing that that dare to pursue process taught me and really opened my eyes to because, and I have to talk about it because that process for me was birthed out of me getting pregnant unexpectedly. (laughs) That's exactly where it came from. That's exactly where my business came from and took off. That's exactly where it happened, that unexpected pregnancy. And personally for me, I had never heard God's voice, if that makes sense. I had never really experienced God on on a spiritual level. I mean, I did go to church. We kind of I don't want to say church hop, but we church top a little bit. And so we didn't have a church home, but I did know that my mother knew God. I knew that God was real. I knew that you need to do good, you know, so you don't go to hell. But I didn't have a relationship with God for myself. I did not have that. It was one thing that I was lacking and I was lacking it going into college. I was lacking it date in the, on the dating scene. I was just lacking it in every area of my life. Right. And what something that I think that a lot of times we get wrapped up in is there's like a Christian rule book. And even if you're not Christian listening to this, right you might believe or you may come from a family where there is a rule book and you have to follow these rules. And if you don't follow these rules, you're condemned. If you don't follow these rules, you're going to hell. If you don't follow these rules, you're bad. If you don't follow these rules the exact way that somebody else told you that it needs to be done, then it's just this bad thing. And the fact of the matter is when it comes to relationship with God, there is no rule book. (laughs) It doesn't matter how you're dressed when you go to church. It doesn't matter. You know what I'm saying? How you speak, right? You may speak with a Southern accent. Somebody else may speak with a Northern accent. It doesn't matter how you speak, who you are. God tells us to come as we are. And once we do that and we start that dare to pursue process. So step number one of that process is to pursue you. I had to pursue me learn who I was, love who I was, number one. I had to love who I was. I had to love who I was. I'm going to say it louder for the person in the back. I had to love who I was first. And once I learned to love myself, I was then able to love and get to know God and understand who he was in my life. And so this was just such a good eye-opening experience for me just to be able to, first of all, talk about this because like I said, that process, God forced it upon me and I'm so happy that he did because when I got pregnant, the spiritual warfare started. I mean, and it was heavy and it was thick and it started from an unlikely place, somebody who's very, very close to me, right? So not only was I battling in my mind, Not only was I going through the shame and the guilt of I made this mistake, I'm supposed to, I'm a first generation college student. I'm a first generation this, I'm a first generation that I was supposed to do this. I was supposed to do that. And here I am pregnant, unmarried, just got my bachelor's degree, haven't even been able to even really start life yet. Right. And not only was I dealing with that, but then I had family the enemy was using family to keep the generational curse going. Now, one of the generational curses in my family is fatherless homes and um, 
what is it? Marriageless homes, if that makes sense. And my story was different and I, I fought through that, but I know that I only did it because God put me through that process. So this was just so good. We have to literally let God, we have to make the decision that we're going to let God, we have to make the decision to dare ourselves to pursue, right? To pursue who we are, love us. Because if we don't love us, how can we love that baby? If we don't love us, how can we love that baby and change those demonic behaviors and those demonic patterns from our past and from our mothers and our fathers and our great grandmas and our great grandfathers? How can we change those things? And so that is what I had to go through. And that was those were the questions that I had to, to ask myself, like, OK, I went through this, this, this and this in my life. Do I want my child to go through the same thing? Generational poverty was the thing on my family. Do I want that for my child? And I said, no, but I'm like, God, I don't know what to do, honey. What you want me to do? (laughs) I'm just Victoria. I didn't see myself. I was stuck in imposter syndrome, fear, people pleasing, all of these things. And so it was just a beautiful thing for him to push me through that process because now I, I was able to find my voice. I was able to understand who I am, love who I am and all of my flaws, right? I was able to love me so that now that my child is here four years later, almost five years later, I can give him the love that I didn't receive from that parent that I'm talking about. And so it's just been a a healing journey, a learning journey, and I've just really come to understand, know, and accept that what God has for me is for me and it's what's best for me. So that is all I have to share with you guys today concerning this section of chapter one. I mean, it was just so powerful and Connie, I just would love to hear your feedback. Thank you so much, Victoria. It was so powerful. And just hearing you read back my own text to me and your powerful authoritative voice really put so much more um, just charge behind the words. So I want to thank you for that today, you know? Um, so the, the title of this chapter, right, is Shame is a Lie. And I want to kind of bring you back to something you started out sharing. And that was, you know, those feelings that come up So when we're feeling feelings that we're like embarrassed for feeling, you know, like, wait a minute now, I don't want to tell anybody I was feeling like that. You know, this is, I feel shame for feeling this way, you know, Um, and how that, and you touched on this a little bit and how that really, that judgment on ourselves, you know, of shamefulness really isn't coming from any organic place of God, right? It's coming from the outside voices, the outside factors, what we've been taught in society. You even went into, you know, your experience with um, your church and your religion prior, you know, like really, I want our listeners to get an understanding on the lie part of it, right? So how can I even trust myself? If I can't trust my feelings, I can't trust, right, how I'm feeling about this. I'm ashamed that I even had this reaction, right, that it's not you. That's what I want them to hear. Like, that's not you, though, you know? So I'd like to hear a little bit more about, you know, going into what it felt like to really feel embarrassed and where those feelings come from. Absolutely. 
what it's like to where the feeling comes from to be embarrassed. Number one, the first thing that I feel like I didn't mention before was you have expectations for yourself, right? You have expectations for yourself. Oh, I want to accomplish this. Oh, I know, at least for me, I know I'm not about to have no kids because so-and-so didn't even do a good job with the kids, okay? And I was the nanny as the oldest in a Black household. I was the nanny most of the time. And when it came to my sister, I couldn't go anywhere without my sister, period. I couldn't do nothing without her. Like, she was my child. And she even would call me mama sometimes, you know? And so I can laugh about that now. But when I was going through it and I became pregnant, I was not laughing about it at all. I was embarrassed. I also am a recovering people pleaser. So that played a huge factor, the people pleasing mentality where I was supposed to be the savior, right? I'm supposed to be the savior of the family. Everybody expecting, everyone is expecting so much from me. And here I go. Victoria had sex. What? Right. You know, and I held myself to this standard. I held myself to a standard that probably was realistic, probably was fake in nature because of number one, how I was raised, number two, the pressure that was put on me, and number three, how I didn't want to be like those who came before me, even though at the time I didn't even realize I didn't want to be like those people. Because let's be honest, when you turn 18, 17, 18, and the choice is you go to college or you don't, or you don't really know anything else, at least in my family, it was like, if you didn't get a college degree or you weren't going to do, you weren't planning to go do that afterwards, you're pretty much a bum for lack of better words. And that is how it was spoken to me. This is how I was spoken to. And this is what the expectation was on me. So all I knew was, okay, I'm going to school. I don't even know what I want to do for real or what. And then you get pregnant right after I made it through the four years. And also deep down, I knew I wasn't really supposed to be having sex and probably not even with the people that I was doing it with. And when I I will go back to what I said, I heard God's voice audibly that I was not supposed to have sex with my husband because he was going to be my husband. And I'm like, God, who is this? What? Why is this coming to me? Lo and behold, shortly after we started to engage in sexual relations, we we got pregnant and the warfare started from there. But that embarrassment was just so real. I took it out on him. It wasn't his fault. And I took it out on myself. Yes, it was my fault. I made the decision. But at the end of the day, God's word says that he loves me and he knew me before he formed me. So he knew I was already going to do that. He knew that this was already going to be my path and this was going to be my life. And that embarrassment piece is so real. It is a lie from the pits of hell. And if you, for me, because I wasn't grounded and rooted in my word and I didn't understand and know that God's truth was my truth. Yeah, I literally was depressed. Yeah, I literally was being attacked on every level. And the enemy was using very close people around me to attack me as well. So I hope that answered the question. Yeah, so good. So powerful. Thank you. Um, I'd like to hear now, you know, so that was the experience in which through you became a mother, right? Really, from conception, right? And now four to five years later, the mother that you are as a result of becoming a mother through that experience, you know, like how different does that look? And that's what I'd like to hear. Wow. How different does it look? 
I'm so glad that my child will never know what I went through. In the name of Jesus, he also will never experience things that I've gone through because of who God is and because of the maturity that God has done in the hearts and in the mind of both myself and my husband. And because whether people like it or not, and somebody literally just told me this two or three days ago, that's that millennial BS because I stand my ground in how I raise my child. And I will not allow people to speak word cursors. If you're going to do it, don't do it around me because I'm rebuking you behind the scenes anyways. And I don't even know you're doing it or not. So this literally just happened to me. And, you know, that person that said that to me, they admitted I'm not going to change. And so I don't know if this is directly related to the question wholeheartedly, but I had to make the choice. What God has shown me is that we have free will. He gives us a choice to whether we want to follow him or we want to follow the ways of the world, to whether we want to have a relationship with him or we just want to walk and go by our Christian rule book and think that that's all we need to do, right? He gives us that choice. And because I looked back at how I was raised because of that dare to pursue process, because of the trauma that I experienced, as well as the trauma that my parents experienced. And a lot of things that I'm sure you guys have heard this, what happens in this house stays in this house type of thing. That is another trick and lie of the enemy. Another trick and lie of the enemy, because he doesn't want those things to come to the forefront. He doesn't want those things to be known. And so if you feel deep down in your heart that this is something that God gave me as well, the real MVP. So the real MVP is the most valuable player in the bloodline, the most valuable player on that team. And if you feel a tug on the inside of you and you're just like, I know I want to be different. I know I want different for myself, number one, because you got to love yourself and want different for yourself before you can love your child and want different for your child. If you know and you've made that decision, you have to literally go to God and say, okay, God, this is my choice. I know it's not going to be easy. Nothing ever said it was going to be easy, but I know I want to do this with you and I want to do it your way. Because I don't want my child to experience molestation. I don't want my child to experience hurt, beatings, abuse, whatever the case may be. I don't want my child to experience that. And even though I experienced it, I believe in you, God, that you will heal me from it. That is kind of like how that change happened. I know that was like a loaded answer, but like that's how the change happened. Like, number one, I had to make the choice to pursue myself. And in pursuing myself, I was able to pursue God and then trust God and then tear down false idols and false thinking patterns and all of that. So, yeah. Oh my God. So good. So you said that lioness that I'm always drawn to that lioness that comes out in us as mothers, you know, and not every woman has it. I'll be honest with you. I've watched it, you know, Um, but you know, don't bring that around my baby any, you don't even know it, but I already rebuked you before you got here kind of thing, right? <laughs> you know, I love that. But I think that, you know, because we know the poison of the enemy and the time that we've wasted and what he's stolen from us, and we know that pain, we can identify it from miles away and we, we create a fortress before it can even come to the vicinity of our babies, right? So I feel like for the MVPs, 
I, um, you had to become a mother this way. I had to become a mother this way. We had to, to understand that there's no way I'm going to let my child feel or experience what I felt, right? It couldn't have happened any other way. It's so good. I'm so excited. I had a couple of the questions, but I want to wrap it up for the sake of time. But I am so excited that you are going to continue this conversation with us here on Life Unexpected Podcast, because there's so much more we can dive into. I knew we were kindred spirits in our motherhood. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I knew it. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And um, for those of you listening, the first Tuesday of every month, you can find Victoria right here on Life Unexpected. Um, you want to drop the name of your podcast as well, because we'll make sure that we you know, expand on that later, too. Absolutely. Yes. So I am the creator, producer, and host of the Successful Servant Leader podcast, where I don't just talk about mommyhood. That's why, Connie, when you invited me on for this, I was literally just thinking, like, I need to talk more about motherhood. Like, this is such a huge factor in being a successful servant leader and actually being the real MVP. Like, it's literally my story. It is what, like you said, brought me to this point. I had to become a mother this way for me to be who I am today, for me to be the real MVP. Like I had to become a mother in the way that I did, even though at the time I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so hurt. This is terrible. But I am so full of joy and gratitude now that that is my story, because I know that when you do have a story to tell, you are able to help other people. If that makes sense. Like when you have a story to tell, when you've been through something, when you've experienced something, that's where power comes from. That's where authority comes from. If you allow it, right? Because you got to make that choice. And so again, the name of my podcast is the Successful Servant Leader Podcast. You can check me out at SuccessfulServantLeader.com and get all cut up on those episodes, but you will see me back here every first Tuesday of the month. I am super excited to be talking about hashtag motherhood. Okay. Super excited. It's about time. (laughs) So on that note, I want to also, Victoria's right. You know, all our power is in our stories. The purpose in our lives is in our stories. And so I'll, I'll reiterate that um, Life Unexpected is always looking for guest speakers here. And if you're interested in sharing your story on this platform, you can um, just shoot us an email over at theconniepapiani.com and um, we'll get you started on what that process looks like. So thank you again, Victoria. That concludes this episode of Life Unexpected Podcast. And I'd like to thank our guest, Victoria. Make sure you follow her on all her amazing work um, over on Instagram and on our podcast. Um, We'll make sure we drop all those links too when we post. Um, if you've benefited from today's episode, remember to subscribe and set your alerts and leave us a review on Spotify. So let's, um, pray us out. Victoria, you want to pray? Absolutely. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this collaboration here. I thank you, Father God, that we get to come together and talk about this most important topic of motherhood, this most important topic of bringing life into the world. The fact that the enemy wants to diminish that, the fact that the enemy wants to remove that. I thank you, God, that we are here having this conversation. I thank you, God, that we are here using life unexpected as our story, as our testimonies, and we are bringing that to life in 
in hopes that your sons and daughters will hear this and they will do the same and they will not allow their testimony to be diminished or quieted or silenced. Okay. I thank you, God, for what you're going to continue to do with this platform and with life unexpected. And I pray for the person on the other end right now listening to this. I pray that she will gain the strength that she needs. I pray that she will gain the understanding that she need, that she needs. I pray that you will download and deposit just an abundance and an oversaturation of wisdom on the inside of her, that she will be able to be the mother that you have called her to be, that she will be able to heal from old wounds, that she will be able to be the change agent in her bloodline that you've called her to be the generational curse breaker that you've called her to be. I just thank you right now for her, Father God. And I ask right now that you renew her mind, strengthen her mind. You renew her heart and strengthen her heart that as she wakes up each and every day, that she will rise mighty in your strength, that she will arise mighty in your strength. She will bring her declarations and her requests before you and she will wait in expectancy. I thank you, Lord Jesus, in advance for what you're doing and what you're going to continue to do. In Jesus name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Victoria. We have births on MVPs today. Yes. <laughs> Feel it. So good.